Happy Friday, hockey heads, and welcome back inside your source for off-season hockey news and fantasy hockey takes. It's the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Riding solo today, just with your boy, Big Flip Livingstone. We got to get to this Eric Carlson news. The Pittsburgh Penguins apparently closing in. What does that mean for their power play and overall fantasy value? We got some other news. Tony D'Angelo, still fantasy relevant. Gabe Velarde gets a little bit of a bag. What does it mean for his value? We're going to break it all down on today's episode. Thank you for joining us. You're locked on fantasy hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back inside the lab, everybody. We made it through another week in the offseason as we crawl toward puck drop on this upcoming year. Thank you for tuning in for this Friday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day, even throughout this dog days of the offseason. We really appreciate it. And even though Steele is not here today, I know he appreciates it. So thank you for always making us your source for fantasy hockey news. Speaking of which, on today's episode, I got to get to some late-breaking rumors. And we knew the Pittsburgh Penguins have been in on Eric Carlson for a long time now, but they have the blessing of Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang to go full steam after number 65. I think it's going to happen very soon. I'll talk about that off the top of the show. We also got to get to some of the more minor news that's been you know, circulating around the NHL that Steele and I haven't been able to get to just yet, and that includes... The Jets inking Gabe Velarde, avoiding arbitration with the one of the pieces they got in the Pierre-Luc Dubois move. I also want to talk about Tony D'Angelo. Of course, his buyout of by the Philadelphia Flyers about four or five days ago. Going under the radar, there's that $5 million cap hit that they now avoid. But I actually still think Tony D'Angelo holds a whole lot of fantasy value. We might even talk a little bit about the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending situation if we have time at the end of the episode. But I want to stick to the nitty-gritty, and I want to stick to these big pieces. Reports coming out of The Athletic today, Rob Rossi reporting that the Sidney Crosby-Chris Letang combo has given the blessing to Kyle Dubas to go full steam after Eric Carlson. And at first glance, I really love this. I think it makes a whole ton of sense for a Pittsburgh team that we know that window for winning is shrinking and shrinking rapidly. Sidney Crosby, Chris Chris Letang still bringing tons of fantasy value themselves after two very good offensive years. At the end of it all, though, it is abundantly clear from the Eric Carlson camp that he wants to be a part of a winner. And the book might be out on what you think about Pittsburgh. And if they do have a legitimate cup threat roster right now, let's also remember Kyle Dubas was a very busy boy on July 1st, bringing in Ryan Graves, Lars Eller, Matt Nieto, Noel Achari, and Alex Nedeljkovic. Most of those moves I actually really like for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Namely, Ryan Graves and actually Alex Nedeljkovic, I think, is going to fit nicely right behind Tristan Jari. He got the big deal with Jari done. Anyway, the cap hit. They're $2.3 million over the cap. But if they can get Eric Carlson, if this is more than just some saber rattling to see if there's some other teams in the NHL that are going to make a move for this big name ticket, 
this is the Norris Trophy winner. If the Pittsburgh Penguins add them, add him to their power play, it automatically makes them so much better. And they already have Chris Letang back there. But this is a squad that was very average across the board. Penalty kill right there in the middle of the pack. Power play, 21% this year. That finished 14th best in the NHL. They need a scoring boost. And I think on the back end is actually a perfect way to do it it would really balance out what they'd be able to do on their power play one and power play two units. Chris Letang also in this article saying that he is okay to relinquish that role of being the power play quarterback, hand that over to Eric Carlson. This is also a Pittsburgh Penguins team that sat outside the top half in total goals scored last year with 261 behind the likes of the Vancouver Canucks, Carolina Hurricanes, and some other head scratchers that you might not expect the Pittsburgh Penguins to be behind. But nevertheless, Eric Carlson was able to put up triple-digit points this season on the San Jose Sharks. 76 assists. And I know that's a historically good year. Triple digits don't happen often at all for blue liners. And it might be hard for him to replicate that triple-digit point success. He is going to get to play with Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, even a little bit of Evgeny Malkin. And I think his value still holds top as an elite defensive offensive player who you are going to go after in the, in the first few rounds for sure as a top D-man option. Yes, he was minus 26 last year. I think those numbers improve. The Pittsburgh Penguins are a much better squad than the San Jose Sharks. And this is a really interesting angle to take because, yes, does he replicate the, the 101 points? No. I think he'll be very, very close to an 80-point plateau, though. He proved that he can still get it done at 33. And, you know, that Metro division, the Pittsburgh Penguins have made some moves. Hats off to Kyle Dubas. The San Jose Sharks are going to have to retain some salary here. I mentioned that the Pittsburgh Penguins are currently $2.3 over the cap. So they're going to need some salary retained. They might have to move out a body or two as well to accommodate We'll see what happens there, but I think the main takeaway here is wherever Eric Carlson goes, his value is going to hold as an elite blue line piece on that back end of your team. And I think it's going to actually do big things for the Pittsburgh Penguins if they are actually able to claim a player that put us all to shame in terms of the predictions last year. I'll put my hand up right now. I did not expect him to even continue on the hot pace that he started last year with. I mentioned the numbers, 25 goals, 76 assists, 209 shots on net. He even brought 36 penalty minutes. He even brought 90 block shots. So the peripherals aren't anything to really hate on either. Keep your eye on this situation because I'm going to be going after Eric Carlson regardless in this upcoming draft. And I like it even more that he's now potentially going to a winner, quote unquote winner. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the topics I mentioned off the top of the show later in the episode right after this break, including Gabe Velarde's two-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets. Where does he slot in in that lineup? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about his fantasy value. And I got to drop a little bit of knowledge on your head tops about Tony D'Angelo as well. But today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you're checking out FanDuel this summer for all of your betting needs. And that means MLB, baby. Take your first swing at betting on MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to 200 bucks. That's right. Just 20 bucks down and you'll land 200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. 
that's 200 you could be splashing on everything from the money line to the total to who hits that first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid out that cash instantly, and there's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 bucks in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in to the Friday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm fumbling a little bit here with the overlays. Hopefully you're tuning in on YouTube and enjoying today's show. Steele will be back after a little move. He went out west. He's headed back east to the good old province of Ontario. He will be back next week. So make sure you continue to tune in and make us your first listen every single day. And on today's episode, I'm going to continue to break down some of these smaller pieces of news that have not fallen through the cracks, maybe Tony D'Angelo a little bit, and people are probably like, Flip, why are you talking about Tony D'Angelo? We'll get there after the following break. But the Winnipeg Jets did a really, really good job of making something out of a bad situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois. We knew he wanted out of there. We knew Winnipeg wasn't the place he wanted to be. And say what you want about that. Kevin Dayoff swung for the fences and got a really, really good return for a player that clearly just he quit a little bit at times in his career. And I really hate that attitude, even though he still does bring it offensively. Gabe Velarde slots in potentially now on the right side in Winnipeg. He's a natural center. So what I wanted to first come on here saying, you know, I was lucky enough to watch some of his time and playing in Windsor, you know, in the OHL. He's a stud. He has not maybe gotten off to the start that an 11th overall draft pick you may have expected. 78 points in 152 career games. Last year, obviously, his stepping out year playing as full, well, full, closest to a full season that he has in his NHL career of 63 games, 23 goals. I think the opportunity he's going to get because, you know, he did that last year in 15 minutes of ice time on a very, very balanced LA Kings group up front. So that's number one. I think that those uh, that ice time goes up. And along with that, the point totals are going to go up. The shot totals are going to go up. You know, he only shot the puck, 122 shots on net for a guy that shot the puck a lot more in his junior career. I think with some more minutes, some time in the mix with some good young players, including my boy Cole Perfetti up front. I don't know. You know, right now there's some projections. They bring in Vlad Nemestikov as well. To maybe play in the middle, I think that's probably what's going to happen. But I think Gabe Velarde is going to get a very, very good chance to make his name and make his mark in the top six of the Winnipeg Jets group. Kyle Connors up there. Mark Shifley's up there. Nikolai Ehlers. Cole Perfetti. I mentioned it. Nino Niederreiter might fluctuate around. They bring in IX follow as well. Say what you will about this team. And I know there's some question marks out there around whether Connor Hellebuck wants to be there and all of that and players wanting out. The Winnipeg Jets, I still think, are going to score some goals next year. And I know last year they finished outside of the top half, 21st actually in team scoring, 246 goals. I think that number is going to go up. I really do. And I think the Winnipeg Jets now, another year, you know how much I like Cole Perfetti, guys. Do not sleep on Cole Perfetti's ability to put up points. And I think that's what you're going to see from Gabe Velarde. I really do expect his ice time to go up, and the confidence to go up. Let's remember, he's only 23 years old, and as much as he did get a shot in L.A., there was a lot of really good veteran forwards ahead of him in that lineup, 
And now that he is maybe going to a bit of a fresh start with the Winnipeg Jets, I've got my eyes peeled on this player. He's a good shot. He's got a good size. You know, he's six foot three, 215 pounds. Could the skating come up a little bit? Sure. But let's give him time. And at the end of it all, he's going to be a draftable player for me. Maybe at the very back end of your drafts, you know, I'm saying, you know, 15th, 16th round, depending on the format. He's a draftable player, most definitely, depending on where he slots in. Hey, who knows? Maybe he gets a look on the top line. Maybe they want to balance out this attack and slot Ehlers down a little bit. Maybe that happens. If that happens, he's definitely going up the draft board. Don't sleep on his offensive potential. I'm going to talk about Tony D'Angelo after the break. Don't sleep on his potential. But I also just want to quickly bring up this Ilya Samsonov situation. The report is they're $2.5 million apart, the Toronto camp and his camp, in salary arbitration. And I think more so of the takeaway here for this, you know, fantasy-wise, is I think the Toronto Maple Leafs might be in a little bit of trouble here. They're at a bit of a tipping point. And that's what I wanted to come on here and say. We know there's contracts up in the air for Austin Matthews. We know Treliving has come in and made some moves. Ryan Reeves, Tyler Bertuzzi, and otherwise. John Klimberg's a risky move, in my opinion. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are at a tipping point here. And that's what I wanted to come on today's episode and say. Ilya Samsonov had a 27-10-5 record last year. 2.33 goals against and a 9.19 save percentage. I believe the Leafs have to pay this guy some money because he did actually perform very well last year in the regular season overall. Sure, he had some struggles. Did he look a little bit invisible in the postseason at times? Most definitely. But I think in terms of the arbitration take, number one, he's going to get his money, that $2.5 million, the gap right now, it's going to go more in his favor. But at the end of the day, the tandem in Toronto right now, there's a question mark. Is it Samsonov and Wall? Are they going to bring back Matt Murray? There are a lot of question marks in Toronto, so I would just throw out this disclaimer. As much as Samsonov had a really good regular season last year, I'm wary. I'm very wary of this Toronto Maple Leafs situation, and Steele would probably be here to rein me in and say they're still going to be a top three team in that division. They're still pretty much a shoe-in for the playoffs. It just might get a little ugly in Toronto this year. There's more moves. There's more dominoes to fall. And this arbitration thing has just got me thinking about the goaltending situation overall in Toronto. And there's a lot of question marks. Even around what should be the number one Samsonov, there's question marks as well, especially after how he performed in the postseason. So yeah, 27, 10, and five, four shutouts as well. Is he a draftable goalie? For sure. But Steele and I have talked a lot about letting these goalies slide. He is still going to be a pretty solid option. He's probably still going to get right in that amount of wins and maybe even play more hockey if he is the guy and Joseph Wall is the backup. It's just at this point in the offseason, there are so many question marks and potential caveats that, again, I'm saying keep your eyes peeled on things. That's because of the time of year we're in. You know, development camps have finished. We're in this in-between where players are really just ramping up their preparation for training camps to open in, let's say, six weeks or so. So this is a tough spot for fantasy GMs. But what you have to do right now is take note, wait and see, and keep your eyes peeled to this show, number one, and to what's happening in the lead-up to training camp. I've mentioned line rushes. I've mentioned injuries. I've mentioned chemistry. Some of those things are intangibles. But you got to keep your eyes peeled because I'll tell you what, there'll be some other GMs out there in your league doing just that. 
when we come right back, I'm going to wrap the show up with Tony D'Angelo. I keep teasing it, even though you guys are probably wondering why that's such a big tease. I mentioned also GM sleeping and slacking in the Mackin. Tony D'Angelo might be one of those guys that you can grab. But thank you so much for tuning in for the Friday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast with your boy, Big Flip Livingstone. And make sure you continue to check out the Locked On Network. We got your team every single day across all leagues, NHL, MLB, NFL, NBA, and even the NCAA. So make sure you continue to tap in to the Locked On Fantasy Network and the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Let me wrap up today's episode with a little chat on our friend Tony D'Angelo. Much maligned Tony Milan, Tony D'Angelo having a blow up with Alexander Gorgiev getting dealt away from the New York Rangers. There was also a deal in place to send him to the Carolina Hurricanes that fell through earlier. Was it earlier this offseason? Uh, earlier this offseason. So there we go, guys. Thank you for holding me down. Look, cap it. Five mil. He gets bought out last week on Friday, a week ago. We haven't spoken about it. But I just wanted to bring up this. This is a guy who can play at the NHL level, and defensemen are hard to come by, especially ones that, and if I look here, he's only 27 years old, and over his last three seasons, aside from 2021 when he was injured, he's put up 145 points in three seasons and change, including last year. And I know that minus 27 is ugly. He was playing for the Philadelphia Flyers. So sue me here. 79 block shots last year, 52 hits, 42 assists, and 73 penalty minutes while also throwing 174 shots on net. That's a career high all in 70 games. He was in the John Tortorella doghouse. He was benched. He was put in the press box for a number of games last season. Say what you will about the reasoning. I think there's going to be a lot of people sleeping on Tony D'Angelo's fantasy value, especially as a guy who can bring that 40 to 45 points every single year. That's not a stretch for this guy. Sure, maybe that 53-point season for the New York Rangers was the ceiling, but why not? Especially when last year he ate up 22 minutes of ice time, the most in his career. So he career highs in minutes. He career highs in shots on net. He's not that far off his career high in points or goals. Please, 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 whatever you do, if you're looking for a decent option at the end of the draft, I think Tony D'Angelo should be on your list most definitely. And the last caveat is, of course, where does he go? That could mean big things. And actually, Carolina, we know there's ties there. We know that he has connections to that franchise. The deal was in place. It falls through. I know there's been some rumors out there about Pesci on the move. We don't know what Carolina is doing really overall on that back end because it is so good. So maybe they do nothing at all moving forward. But to me, Tony D'Angelo, if he goes to a winner, even if he goes to a bottom feeder, because he proved last year on the Philadelphia Flyers that he can bring it and get it done even on a team that is woeful defensively. And let me just pull it up because I can almost guarantee they were right there at the top in terms of goals allowed last year. They were tied for the ninth most goals allowed in the NHL last season. Tenth, actually. There you go. So that's actually not as bad as I expected. But what I'm trying to get at, you understand, Tony D'Angelo is still bringing some fantasy relevancy for me, for sure. Getting scratched that many times by a 
coach like Tortorella has got to mess with a guy's psyche and confidence. And we know this guy has a little bit of an issue between the ears, keeping things on an even keel, but maybe a proper coach and a new team that's not, you know, filled with holes on the back end and he has to be that dude. I think the absolute right fitting for a spot like D'Angelo for a team like D'Angelo would need he can just do his thing offensively and not have to take that lion's share of the veteran defensive responsibilities. What squad is that? You know, we could throw out some names. I threw out the Carolina Hurricanes. There's a couple of other groups out there still looking for a D-man. Once he signs, put him in your notes. He's going to sign somewhere. There is going to be a team. Is he going to get that cap hit of $5 million that he was going to get in Philly? Absolutely not, but he's going to get, you know, you know, I could see three mil. I could see 3.25, something around that. Regardless, he holds fantasy value. He holds a tough position, an offensive defenseman. I talked all about it. Make sure he's on your list. Make sure we continue to stay on your list for off-season preparation for the upcoming draft. Make sure you're tuned and tapped into the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Every single day throughout the summer, Monday to Friday, Steele and I will be here continuing our analysis of all the off-season news and breakdowns so you dominate this upcoming fantasy season. Thank you for tuning in for the Friday episode, solo with your boy Big Flip Livingstone. Have a great weekend, and I will see you back here again on Monday. Peace.